Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 521. Chapter 78. Another Road, Another Forest. I took a certain dark pleasure in seeing a rather hungover Dayton on the road before the sun wistfully in the sky the next morning. The large man carried himself delicately, but to give him due credit, he didn't offer a word of complaint unless the occasional low moan could be counted as a word. Now that I was watching more closely, I spotted the marks of infatuation on Dayton. The way he said Hespie's name, the coarse jokes he made when talking to her. Every few minutes, he would find an excuse to glance in her direction. Always under some pretext, a stretch, an idle glance at the road, a gesture to the trees around us. Despite this, Dayton remained oblivious to the sporadic courtship Hespie was playing him in return. At times it was amusing to watch, like a well-orchestrated Modigan tragedy. At times I wanted to strangle them both. Tempe traveled wordlessly among us, like a mute, well-behaved puppy. He watched everything, the trees, the road, the clouds. If it weren't for the unquestionably intelligent look in his eyes, I'd have thought him a simpleton by this point. The few questions I put to him were still met with awkward fidgeting, nods, shrugs, or shakes of the head. All the while, my curiosity nagged at me. I knew the Lathani was just a piece of storybook nonsense, but part of me couldn't help but wonder, was he really saving his words? Could he really use his quiet like armor? Move fast as a snake? The truth was, after catching glimpses of what Akshadal and Fela could do by calling on the names of fire and stone, the thought of someone storing up words to burn as fuel didn't seem nearly as foolish as it used to. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. I want to start by kind of tugging on this thread of Quoth's prejudice about Tempe seeming like a simpleton, which does have kind of a real world analog. And that's that when people whose first language isn't, I'm going to say English, but you know, whatever the dominant language is, speak, they often, or you know, not often, they occasionally, uh, by perhaps the those who are less familiar with the ways of the world, get mistaken for uh, unintelligent or treated like they're unintelligent because they don't have the same kind of grasp of the language. And so by the standards of the real world and knowing what we know about the Adem and that Tempe's issues are cultural and not based on intelligence, it's definitely an unenlightened position for Quoth to take to peg him as all but a simpleton, save for the fact can see him that he's got like a brain behind his eyes. I'm not trying to critique or criticize Quoth or Rothfuss here, but I do think it's interesting that while there is a real world analog to this kind of treatment of foreigners, there's no real world analog to this uh, this language made up entirely uh, or no, mostly of gesture. I mean, I know there's there's sign language, but actually let's let's poke at this a little bit because obviously sign language is a language and there is a culture around capital D deaf uh, culture. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, I think that it just hasn't occurred to Quoth that Tempe, not only is he being quiet because his culture is not a culture where 
spoken language is the dominant form of communication, but he also literally doesn't speak the language very well. So he's being quiet because he doesn't speak the language. So even if he was inclined to speak, he'd have trouble with it. And we learn a couple of pages later that like he has trouble with a word that Quoth has to correct him on. And that's like the first instance that we get that like, oh, he's not just like a taciturn, a weirdly taciturn guy. He's literally not speaking the language because he doesn't know it. Yeah, I guess Quoth just doesn't have enough of a frame of reference here. And like, he's heard all the weird stories about the Adem, so he's trying to get a read on him. And he's like, maybe he is doing some kind of word magic. Mm-hmm. Maybe by not speaking, he's just like storing up his words. But I think, as we'll eventually learn, that Tempe is actually not very bright. Maybe a different Adem would have been more conversational. And eventually, you know, he meets and speaks with uh, other Adem who speak the language better. So it's not like you know, Tempe is perhaps an outlier uh, in that sense. I think this is also a case of Quoth not knowing enough to know he doesn't know enough. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Precisely. Yes, absolutely. But he does, and this is a recurring motif in the book that we've discussed before, in amongst his kind of ignorant ideas about what the Adam and the Lathani are about, which to be clear are not necessarily like his ideas, they're ideas that he's absorbed through stories and cultural osmosis, there is a grain of truth because I believe that when they do get into a fight. Tempe is wicked fast, fast like a snake. That's true. And so if, you know, if Quoth had seen the fight first, maybe that's where his head would go. You want to talk about Dayton and Hespi? Yeah, only insofar as this is definitely an experience that I have had of observing. It's always easier to tell when two people who aren't you are crushing on each other or have, you know, unspoken feelings that they're they're kind of like acting out before your eyes and depending on your mood and the context of the situation you're in it can be really lovely and fun to watch or it can be very frustrating because you're like will you just kiss already yeah i have uh, i i have never experienced that i have always been equally if not more confused about two people who like each other i do not understand close point of view or the full like i understand that it happens because i've seen it in a sitcom but I've never seen it in reality. So I'm like the other side of what Jeremy's experience is. Yeah, the two genders. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very well. I think Quoth thinks better of Dayton this morning. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's a bit of grudging respect growing between the two of them in some form or other. I think, uh, I mean, it's not like Dayton has done a ton to win Quoth's respect, but certainly he's like impressed that he's not grossing. Yes, he, he has enough manly pride or whatever to not kvetch about the fact that he's hungover. On the other hand, it's possible, and I've been here too, that he's so hungover that he can't even form the words to complain about it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I've definitely been hungover enough that I can't, like, it's all I can do to, like, move my bones from place to place. Yeah, just no energy to fight it. (laughs) I think that, just looking at the previous page, I think that Dayton understood that he was guilty of what Quoth was mentioning mm-hmm. and he like feels a bit of shame about it and I wonder if he's smart enough to know that Quoth was like letting him off easy and he's you know starting to respect Quoth a little bit more for that unclear but I do I'm looking at his body language he quickly stands up a guilty look flashes across his face I know I'm breaking our cardinal rule by looking at a previous book a uh, previous page but uh, I do think that Dayton is not just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm gonna keep an eye on Hespi. He's like, oh sh- oh shit, I've really, I really made a mistake here, so I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna try to make it, make it better, you know. But he's also not feeling attacked because Quoth didn't attack him. 
I guess what I'm trying to say is that uh, Dayton is growing on me as well. I think you're right in pointing out that while he has been presented as like kind of a loudmouth and a, a dummy, he's not all bad. And the thing is that endear him to us as a character, you know, his crush on Hespi and his, you know, his, the kind of like comical, his comical drunkenness and then comical hungoverness. Those are both things that complicate his character so that he's not just kind of a one dimensional like brute. Yes. And all of these characters are about to get more well-rounded on the pages to come. We find out more about each of them that makes them feel like more well-rounded three-dimensional people with good qualities and bad qualities and weird qualities. And don't we love it, folks? We do love it. And we'll love it again tomorrow. On another page. Uh, the wind. wind.